0: As bold as lions, as bold as
1: lions,
0: as bold as lions, as bold as lions.
1: You're listening to the As Bold as Lions podcast.
0: Well, welcome once again. Here we are with the As Bold as Lions podcast. I am Derek, my wife, Corey, and we are just finishing up a series that we started a few weeks ago, um, Profiles in Courage. And just been excited to, to share these with you each week. Yeah, it's been good. It's been good. Mm-hmm. And, Corey, hope your week's been good. Things are all right here in March, yes. March 2022. And time's just flying by.
1: Yes, it is.
0: But uh, we're, we're doing well and, and hope you are well as as you tune in today and listen Um For this week, we are going back to the Old Testament. We've kind of covered a few different characters from the Bible this time around. We have talked about Gideon and Noah last time we had gone to the New Testament, talked about John the Baptist. I'm going to finish up here, though, going back to the Old Testament and looking at Elijah, and he's one of my favorite Old Testament Personas, I guess you could say, just a interesting character, mm-hmm. um, and his life. I guess you could say it didn't it didn't fall in line with the rest of the audience surrounding him or the the culture that he lived grew up in. Right. Um, as we looked at a person like Noah, we see he stands out for his righteousness, his obedience. He built an ark when there was no floodwaters. He he followed the command of the Lord. And because of his, because of his obedience and his righteousness, God spared him and kept his family line going.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: Elijah is someone that has um, just some some unique qualities as well, and just some things that I think even as an average everyday Christian, we can see ourselves even in Elijah because. Yeah, further into the New Testament in James, it talks about Elijah just being a man with a, a nature and a character like our own. So yeah. he's not some superhuman, Superman Christian or something right. like that. Right. So he comes on the scene in the book of First Kings. Um, he's serving as a prophet at a time when the the nation of Israel, the house of Israel, from the king on down, is very wicked, mm-hmm. very corrupt right and the um, the king is a guy named Ahab and then his wife Jezebel kind of every time you have some wicked person in modern day times they'll usually kind of compare them oh she's a Jezebel or mm-hmm. a Je- there's a Jezebel spirit or something so it, right. it kind of all comes back to um, these people mm-hmm. and they're they're disobedient they're they're evil um, and they're bringing Israel through some of their it's darkest days, I, I think you could say. Right. Um, would you read that verse there from First Kings 21, uh, verse 25?
1: There was none who sold himself to do what was evil in the sight of the Lord like Ahab, whom Jezebel, his wife, enticed.
0: Yeah. So he's, he's evil, but his wife kind of eggs him on her. Mm-hmm makes um it's it's hard to see who's really pulling the s- strings because i I'd, I'd say Jezebel is just as powerful as ahab in some right. respects right and behind him is this very evil force in in her so mm-hmm. um but again elijah is a righteous person and he's something that ahab hates um there there's just something that about him that you know he sees that uh he's his enemy really mm-hmm. calls Elijah's enemy. Um, that's First Kings twenty one twenty, and being so hated by the ruling authorities, uh, Elijah spends much of his time on the run, just persecuted, fearing for his life. Mm-hmm. Uh, knows his he's kind of got a bullseye on his his back, and so um, we we see that at certain times throughout the account of Elijah, First um, 1 Kings eighteen twenty four. If you'd read that, Corey.
1: And I call upon the name of your God, and I will call upon the name of the Lord, and the God who answers by fire, He is God.
0: So our focus today is on First Kings chapter 18. If you uh, have a Bible handy, you want to go there. If not, that's that's cool. Um, but basically, and you could talk a lot about Elijah, but this is an account that I, I kind of want to pull out and spend a little time. If you know of... First Kings 18, it's where it's basically this head-on um, encounter between the prophets of Baal mm-hmm. and Elijah, the prophet of the Lord. And so yes. the, the righteousness of Elijah and the wickedness of Ahab kind of meet head-on here. Ahab, is he, he worships other gods, his his prophets, which are Baal worshipers and um, Asherah worshipers, they're challenged by Elijah to a showdown to determine whose God really is God. Yeah. So Elijah kind of bring um, bring it to a head, saying, "Hey, okay. we're gonna we're gonna settle this," you yeah. know. And there's um, there's a lot, like I said, we could spend, but but First Kings eighteen twenty through forty verses twenty through forty. That's this account from what happens on Mount Carmel. And I think when we look at Elijah through this, we see somebody who has a faith that we can we can emulate, especially mm-hmm. in the dark times that we face, knowing right. we're not that much different from Old Testament times when they were going through great periods of wickedness and the culture was, you know, I mean, you had to look really hard to find those who are righteous and those who are upstanding and haven't bowed their knee to this or that idol or God, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: a lot of ways we have to do that today, too. Even right. even in the church, there's right. there's things that just don't seem to line up with Scripture. And, and so um, it just speaks to us today. Mm-hmm. Um, and He doesn't back down from a fight. His, mm-hmm. his temptation could have been to run or just compromise or, or not even have brought this this whole thing, this whole scene uh, forward, but but he does it. Right. So he's, I, I believe, a, a profile and courage that's worth our examination and, and somebody that we can learn from. So jumping in today, our first point is Elijah's faith didn't question the odds. Um, read that verse for us, Corey there.
1: First Kings eighteen nineteen. Now therefore, send and gather all Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel, and the 450 prophets of Baal, and the 400 prophets of Asherah, who eat at Jezebel's table.
0: So, there's um, there's quite <coughs> significant odds here. Right. And uh, again, I'm reminded of Gideon. We talked about him a few weeks ago, the odds that Gideon had for his yes. army, basically uh, against the Midianites, and they're mm-hmm. pared down to this this small, really small number that mm-hmm. just doesn't... Seem to make sense. The math doesn't seem to to really <laughs> make any sense, but God's math is different than our math. We got to right. remember that. Um, really, it's just one man versus eight hundred and fifty prophets. You've got four hundred and fifty Baal prophets, four hundred prophets of Asherah. Right. And it was Asherah a god, or is that like talk about Asherah poles and Asherah? There must have been some kind of a. I'm not I'm not exactly sure of the context there but they're they're basically these these false idols um and it says they eat at Jezebel's table so they're kind of already in right. with the the king and and they're in his court you know already <laughs> like they're on the on the payroll and everything it, it, it's what it sounds like so mm-hmm. and that obviously bothers Elijah that's like this is not what we're supposed to be doing this is unrighteous this is unholy and so he's he has a um i think just a righteous jealous nature that rises up in him Mm -hmm. and he calls out ahab he calls out these prophets and and basically says let's let's have it out let's do this um and maybe this was already something God had been priming him for, because if we look over Elijah's life, he's he's done a lot of miraculous things up to this point. He's mm-hmm. seen God do amazing things, and he's kind of been the conduit through which those things have happened, right. um, but realizes that's the Lord's power. That's him working through me and and is willing to take this really big step of faith to say, I want to prove that that you are... You are God, mm-hmm. and these other gods are nothing. So um, he's he's predicted that a drought would overtake the land. He um, had an incident where he provided oil and flour for a widow to have food. Mm-hmm. Later, he, he raised that widow's son back to life. So mm-hmm. he's seen God move in some pretty awesome ways. Going into this duel then at Mount Carmel, he's he's... Prepared for it, he's seen God answer before, and right. he realizes that the odds don't matter when when God is on on his side.
1: Right.
0: But um, for our own lives, we we can often have this kind of head knowledge that God can do these things. We we may not have experienced it firsthand, but we're like, well, it's in the Bible, or I've heard of so and so having a miracle take mm-hmm. place in their life, or whatever. But I think we we don't really always connect that down into our hearts, right. where we're where we're really acknowledging, like, yes, God, you can you can still do that. You know, you can. Let's just say whatever wicked thing maybe we're up against. Maybe there's just some sort of uh, uh, a lie that you need to. Um, banish and and it's in, so you're in your household or it's in your community or something. Mm -hmm. And it just, it seems all encompassing and too powerful, but it's still not too beyond what God can do. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, you know, to be reminded, as we look at this, it's one against 850. It looks impossible, but God is, is still that same God. Like that God who did that, and what we're going to talk about here, that's the same God that we serve and that we we can have that that character um, that Elijah had of just um, complete trust and complete faith.
1: Yeah, um, and confidence.
0: And confidence, right.
1: Confidence in the Lord, not in himself.
0: That's right. And he realizes the odds do not matter. There's a, a Star Wars line where <laughs> Han Solo is doing something and in, in, – C3PO if you're a Star Wars nerd you remember this if you're not just oblige me for a minute but he's he's telling him the the odds are are 900 million, million to one, one, or 1 or whatever yeah. and Han Solo says never tell me the odds you know so yeah. I think Elijah is saying never tell me the odds mm-hmm. when when god is on our side Exactly So first point Elijah doesn't question the odds secondly he drew a line in the sand he's It says, follow God or do not. Mm -hmm. If you'll read that for us, Corey.
1: How long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is Lord, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. 1 Kings 18, 21.
0: So in one kind of clear, concise statement, Elijah here gets to the heart of the matter. He's got the whole of Israel as a witness before him and lays out the case. Either choose... Choose Baal or the Lord. You got to choose a side.
1: Right.
0: And he's trying to, I think, and we we see this in various parts of the Bible where it talks about this issue of double-mindedness. That mm. I'm gonna, I want to serve the Lord, but I'm also gonna serve this other thing. Right. Um, being kind of drawn to two masters. And if you read that verse, there Matthew six twenty four, Corey.
1: No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other you cannot serve god and money
0: so jesus jesus even talks about this and and just connecting the old testament to the new here a little bit just saying like you can't you can't serve these two things one you're not going to give complete allegiance to either one right and especially if we're saying we're following the lord but i'm holding on to this thing if it's if it's money or if it's a relationship or mm-hmm it's an idol in our life of some uh, our lives of some sort um, we're not we're not going to be able to serve god as we should and so elijah's elijah's basically saying that just you have to pick a side here mm-hmm. and sometimes the the role of a prophet we see they they're just to warn people and and call out people from a lukewarm state of living mm-hmm. and to call sin what it is mm-hmm. call sin, sin, and you know in this passage that's that's what Elijah is is taking on. Yeah. Sometimes pro- prophecy is actually you know looking into the future, what God is going to bring, but a lot of times it's just warning and calling people out, and that's what that's what we have here. Yeah. So this this stirs my heart because. You know, I, I think today God is raising up men and women who have that same spirit like Elijah to be voices of truth. Yes. And yeah. I think the, choi- the the church is in a place right now where we're, we have to point our fingers a little bit to say, at least at ourselves, to do some self-examination. Mm-hmm. Am I trying to serve two masters? Right. You know, is there something in my heart that I'm I'm— it's allowing me to be held back from really serving Christ as I should. Right. Because our God uh, has a standard that we, we should live for and that our lives right. must be above reproach. And we live as a, in a standard that, that is different from the rest of the world, right. that we, we can't cling to the bales and the false idols and the other things that the world around us clings to.
1: hmm
0: So right. just— And also
1: just— um, just clinging to false things, like you're saying, but also just like serving two masters. Like, while a little bit further back, you had said something about um, your trust or doubting, double mindedness, mm-hmm. um, even just serving two masters one could be your confidence in God, but the other thing you're mm-hmm. serving maybe is your doubt. Yeah. And, you know, just coming completely. To that place where you just trust and you know that God will if God's calling you out to calling you to do something to just trust him enough and have confidence enough in him that you will
0: do it yeah, we will do it yeah yeah I like that because we can we can definitely cling to our doubt or just our i think our doubt leads the ro- leaves room for us to cling to our own strength or our own ability rather mm-hmm. than relying on right. on God's ability
1: right. And maybe don't even consider it doubt. Like I don't doubt God. Right. I'm just unsure of myself. Yeah. Which is kind of the same thing, honestly. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's true. When you boil it down, it that's where it, it really gets to the heart of what what you're um, what you're saying. And yeah, the Either God um,
1: is or He isn't. You know, it's like Elijah said.
0: Right. And I, I love that because I think we don't hear that a lot in. Christianity today, or in, in sermons, like mm-hmm. you, you know, just that that call to repentance and that call to just say, you either follow God, and you know, I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back, or you're you're not really following God. Right. You know, you're you're, you're much, holding on to yeah. so many other things. There's too
1: much gray area. Yeah, things need to be just more black and white. Yeah, people love to live in the gray.
0: They do. We love to. We all love to light. live in the gray. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not and I'm not pointing a finger at anybody else but myself. I think when we when we do this is a lot of self examination that needs right. to take place. And and also just holding people accountable. Here Elijah is holding I would say he's holding Ahab and Jezebel account mm-hmm. to account and even all of Israel because Israel has gone down this wicked path with the endorsement of the king and the queen and mm-hmm. so he's he's kind of it's come to this point where he's just like okay we got to either we either got to go this way or this way because we can't do both you right. know we can't call ourselves the children of god the people that he led out of egypt the you know the into the promised land all this stuff and then be have our our other foot in this camp that's clearly not right you know so we need a little bit of that today if if mm-hmm. we're honest it's okay all right, that third point is Elijah's obedience clearly put God on display. If you'll read that uh, couple verses there, it's a little bit long, but we'll, this is bringing us into the um, the heart of the battle here.
1: Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when the people saw it, they fell on their faces and said, O oh Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. First Kings 18, 37-39.
0: Yeah. So, this kind of what's going on, what's happening here. We, we know how this story ends if we've heard this story be- before, but... Um, if you haven't really, basically, this this duel that that Elijah challenges them to, the, the an altar that's set up to be consumed with with fire and and uh, you know basically a burnt mm-hmm. offering type of altar, and right. the prophets of Baal are to go first, call upon their God to to light that altar to you know right. set it ablaze. And they go to all these lengths. I think they're like cutting themselves and doing all this, mm-hmm. you know, ritual type stuff to to right. see if they can conjure this up and make this happen. Right. And it doesn't happen. And Elijah kind of pokes at him a little bit too. So, mm-hmm. and and then he in turn says, "Prepare the altar to for the Lord to consume it." And he has them take water and and. Drench and douse this this altar with water, and the wood is all saturated. So do it. Yeah, they
1: had him, he has some dump water, and I think
0: three times. Three times, yeah. So it's completely wet, and so again, to kind of prove a point, like if if this is going to be consumed, God has to literally just hit it with fire and mm-hmm. and, and zap it, you know, because a little bit of fire is just not going to take that's not even gonna You might have a little smoke that's about it right. but God um, Elijah calls on God to answer him God answers with fire and consumes the altar and of course the scene there the people fall down and worship you read it the Lord he is God the Lord he is God mm-hmm. and they acknowledge God for who he is and when we are obedient to the Lord we we put him on display in a way that nothing else can Elijah was obedient he had this, this basically, this test uh, put out there, and, and God answered. And then people are brought into a place where they, they are brought to, to bring glory and awe mm-hmm. of who the Lord is. So, the, the, the obedience of Elijah and the power of God on display, and people knew that this did not come from Elijah, this came from the Lord, that this was his doing. And they were not in awe of Elijah. They were in awe of God. Right. And so when we face our battles and we give God the glory, people are drawn to the wonder of the God who answers, mm-hmm. the God who shows up unlike the other gods who do not. Right.
1: It's because they're not real.
0: They're not real. Yeah. They don't exist, or they have no power to to do what um, mm-hmm. is actually being asked of them. So. Right. So today I'm challenged to leave you with a parting question and I hope it doesn't offend you, but it encourages you. And this is my own challenge as I read this story today or the other ones we've talked about with Gideon and Noah, John the Baptist, people that are just bold and courageous in their faith. The, you know, Elijah was willing to sacrifice everything for the sake of his God, uh, of his glory. Am I willing to do the same? Are you willing to do the same, to sacrifice everything to give glory to the Lord? He didn't pick an easy road. He he battled doubt and faced many lonely days on the front lines, mm-hmm. and we will no doubt face those times as well. Maybe you're facing that sort of situation right now. Mm-hmm. But are we prepared to stand when everything um, in the culture and all around us has bowed the knee to a lesser God. That's Elijah's situation that he's one of the few righteous people that is, is in his nation. Uh, there are other prophets. I think we, um, some of the prophets at this point were probably killed or murdered by Jezebel. Mm-hmm. So he had to have felt Alone, yeah. even more lonely, even more desperate up to this point, but mm-hmm. it didn't stop him from, from being confident in the Lord and, in Really forcing this confrontation to happen. Mm-hmm. I see this year as a, a year that's important for us as Christians to move forward in in days that are setting us up for the end times. You know we don't know if we have tomorrow, we don't know when the Lord is returning, but mm-hmm. but we see things around us happening, and it just seems to make the reality of Christ's return all that much more imminent and right. to be ready. And so I I share anything, and Corey and I, we talk about all this. We share all this with not the intent to scare people or to intimidate you or mm-hmm. to somehow shame you into running back to the Lord if you're not in that place, but to, to just remind you and to encourage you. Yeah. And maybe you're already living in that place and you just need some encouragement because you are an Elijah that's feeling very lonely at times, feeling like, Life doesn't make sense right now and and wondering where the Lord's at, Um, not necessarily losing your trust or losing your faith. But sometimes it's being caught up in what's going on and and allowing that to maybe affect your spirit more than uh, it should. Or, you know, just natural tendency of all of us. It's easy
1: to do. It's easy to
0: do. But there are many Elijahs running the race. And I want you to know that, that we're with you in it. Um, I'm blessed to, to call many folks that tune into this podcast or get the, the blogs and the devotionals that I interact with. Um, blessed to call many, many of you friends and that I, I pray for you and, and appreciate your prayers as well. That we appreciate your prayers, that we're not running this race alone and that we need to just keep lifting one another up right. and, uh, keeping each other sharp in our faith. Mm-hmm that were running for the glory of the Lord and for his, his fame. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. hopefully that's an encouraging word to you today. And would just highly recommend going back. If you haven't listened to any of these profiles, encourage podcasts, both the four that we have done here this year. And, and we had four other ones last year, mm-hmm. um, you know some differences in each story and and what happens, but a lot of times this, some of the same themes that run through each person. And I mm-hmm. think that the takeaway for me is that that we're we're really not that much different from what they have gone through and lived through. Right. That we we experience a lot of the same things, and our faith has to be a similar fashion of of just refined and and bold and courageous.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: exactly. Not willing to, to bow the knee.
1: Yes, well said.
0: Yeah. So, we will see you again next time. But before we go, Corey's going to uh, close us out with the theme verse <laughs> from Ephesians.
1: Ephesians five fifteen through 17. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will
0: is. Amen. God bless you guys. Take care. We'll see you again. Hey guys, this is Derek Charles Johnson. You have been listening to the As Bold as Lions" podcast. I am a blogger, a songwriter, an artist. And if you've been encouraged by this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe and share. And head over to DerekCharlesJohnson.com for more encouraging content. God bless.